0: So I'm talking on wisdom, thank you. I need a lot of wisdom. We all need a lot of wisdom. Let me just give you some colloquial wisdom f- to start with. If you look anything like your passport picture, you deserve that trip. A balanced, a balanced diet. Is a chocolate chip cookie in both hands. There you go. So we we take our junk and we save it, probably for twenty years, don't we? And then we get rid of it one week before one week before we need it, right? Anybody ever done that? Get rid of something and then you f- find out, oh. <laughs> nice. I should have saved it. So this guy says, "I don't think I can work for the boss," cool. after what he said to me. And so I said, "What did he say to you?" He said, "You're fired." <laughs> That's a good joke. Paul. <laughs> That's what I'm telling. I'm telling <laughs> jokes. We didn't get it until the No, it took a while to get it. So I. All the local gym, and I said I'd like them to teach me how to do the splits. And they said, uh, Are you flexible? I said, I can do Tuesdays. <laughs> I love these, I don't care if you like them, I love them. <laughs> and Israel said I couldn't use this one, but I can use it in this crowd. (laughs) Apparently, one in five people in the world are Chinese, and there are five in my family, so it must be one of them. It's either my mom or my dad, or my older brother, Colin, or maybe my younger brother, Ho-Chan Chu, but I think it's Colin. Okay, just one more. I got home, my phone was ringing. I said, who's speaking please? The voice said, you are. (laughs) Okay, so now I'm gonna give you real wisdom. Wisdom is a grandfather saying to his grandchildren, life wouldn't be so hard if you didn't expect it to be so easy. Wisdom is Andrew at age 12, when we were in Japan and getting ready for an extended family gathering and seeing that we're gonna probably run out of orange juice saying at age 12, I'll take the smallest glass. Wisdom is a pastor in a terribly messy, smelly, gross bathroom of a gas station, thinking to tell the gas station manager and instead cleaning the bathroom. <coughs> that was pear. When I heard that sermon, that was, that was the strongest sermon I'd ever heard. I, I haven't forgotten. <laughs> so we all need wisdom, right? If I asked here, what do you need wisdom for? Almost everybody would have a situation. A monk says, "Help! I have teenagers in the house." <laughs> or somebody says, "I married this prince, and last week he turned into a creep. What do I do?" We all have issues. We all have things that we, so. What's wisdom? How do we get it? That's what we wanna talk about, okay? And uh, I wanna be able to discuss it with you. So uh, I think I can do this pretty fast. Paul ran smack dab into what people would have called wisdom on his way through Athens. Didn't sound like he was planning on staying there. It sounded like he was on his way through and he got stirred up because he saw so many gods. And so he entered in a dialogue. They brought him up to the hill, Mars Hill, Areopagus. And he preached, he preached, he he quoted their poets. He talked about the resurrection. When he talked about the resurrection, that kind of turned him off. They called him a blabber. But Luke said something different about them. This is what he said about these wise people I'm sorry, I'm looking for it. I thought I knew where it was. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. So for them, wisdom was words, wisdom was eloquence, wisdom was a combination of things that sound brilliant. Is that wisdom? Paul was so troubled that when he got to Corinth, he, uh, he said, I, I came to you in weakness and in fear and in trembling. And he said, in my pocket, I'm going to only have one message. What was it? Huh? Right. He didn't preach that in Athens. But he said, that's what I'm going to preach. And then he talked about wisdom in chapters 1 and 2. I'm just going to read you a couple of verses. And then I'm going to tell you five things that I see what Paul says wisdom is. When I came to you, this is chapter 2, verse 1. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence. He heard a lot of eloquence. Or superior wisdom. They thought it was superior wisdom. As I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. Why was he trembling? Doesn't say. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. But with the demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Five things about what wisdom is here. First thing, wisdom is found in the cross. Say it. Wisdom is found in the cross. How does that show wisdom? If wisdom is a resolution of problems, ri- wisdom is figuring out what to do in a situation, what do you do? when you have a world that is dying because the wages of sin is death and everybody's a sinner, what do you do? Well, you could just say the race is gone. Or you could say everybody's got to die, which means you just lost a race. The cross was the solution. And God couldn't die. You know, when you've seen books like The Day God Died, it's not true. God doesn't die. God did not die. The man God died. The God man died, but God didn't die. God never dies. God's eternal. Jesus died, the Son of God, the man, Jesus Christ. He's different from the Father. When we get to heaven, we're going to see wounds. God the Father doesn't have wounds. The Son does. Why? Because he came to earth, and he took on something he didn't have before. And when he left, he still had it. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. He solved the problem. The cross solved the problem. Lifting guilt, lifting shame, breaking strongholds that wisdom can't break alone, that words can't break. Worms can't get a demon out of a friend. Words can't resolve an issue in a marriage that is almost gone. But the power of God can. I learned that in my marriage. I wish I would have learned it when I went in that not only did Jesus die, but in 1 Peter 2.21 it says that he suffered so that we might learn how to suffer, so that we might learn how to, to die. And you know what wisdom is? Wisdom is dying. When Andrew, he died to himself without oranges, Pear died to himself. That was wisdom. And when you learn how to die to yourself in a relationship that's wisdom because it accomplished something that you can't accomplish those words. I tried to tell Karen early on, and if she were here, I'd say it anyway because we've talked a lot about it. I tried to, to- tell her, you gotta change this. Well, how does it feel to try to ha- for somebody to be tampering with you, to change the way you live, to change your personality, to change your outlook? I learned later that I'm supposed to die to myself. That's what Jesus did for his bride, he just died. And so I have to die more if it's not working right. And that's a wise thing to do. Jesus did, he had to die, there's nothing we could do. And he died for us. Second thing, wisdom is weakness, say it. Wisdom is weakness. Now that sounds like a contradiction, doesn't it? Wisdom is strength. Okay, here's some weakness. Andrew, some years ago, wrote an email to his siblings and he said, I want to say to you that I haven't been the elder brother that you guys need and you guys want, and I'm sorry for that. Is that wisdom? A week later, Gabriel sent an email out. Why? Because wisdom provokes wisdom. Wisdom. Vulnerability provokes vulnerability. Vulnerability releases grace. That's a wise thing to do to be weak. Anybody know the name Floyd Mayweather? What do you know about him? Maybe, arguably, the best boxer ever. Never lost a fight, professional fight. What was he known for? He was known for his defense. You couldn't hurt him. In that last fight when he fought that guy from the Philippines, or the second last fight, he mocked him as he hit him. He mocked him. He said, you can't hurt me. Picture this. This is the posture of someone who's not going to get hurt. Here's a defensive posture. What's the posture of the cross? It's It's exactly the opposite. This is the posture of a person who's willing to be wounded. The word vulnerable comes from the Latin word vulnus means wound. Vulnerable means you're willing to be wounded. Floyd knew how not to be wounded and he wins. Do you want to win or do you want to bring grace? Some of us want to win an argument and we might win an argument, lose a friendship. I want to win a relationship. How do you do that? By being weak weakness builds relationships strength builds competition and i think i told you I, did i at Liddy house how one day we i got it from the table and i told my family did i tell you about that i uh got it from the table the kids wanted to play this game and i looked at it and, uh, i think settlers a ton and man that was a three-hour game and i said i'm not playing that game that takes three hours and they said oh you know and i said let's talk And they said, that sounds like fun. I said, no, I'd like to try it. Come into the family room. And here's what I heard coming out of my mouth. I did not anticipate it for one second. I did not. I want you to tell me how I have failed you as a father. Did they wait for a second or two? They did not. (laughs) They jumped right in. Kara said, we're not a hugging family. I, I wanted to say, we're not, what? <laughs> because you know me. You know me that I hug anything that's moving and, and some things that aren't even breathing. I'm I'm a hugger. I apparently did what my father did. My father hugged other people more than he hugged his own family. And then Andrew said something, and he wounded me. I'll tell you, he wounded me. And I'm glad he did. He said, we know you love us, but sometimes it feels like you love them more. And who's them? It's the people that were swarming into our basement on Tuesdays. And I said, ouch. I said, I do love you more, and I'll, I'll have, but I'll have to prove it to you over the next few years, which I did. And they know. They know now. I was wounded. Jesus was wounded. He took a wound. He was wounded for you. What if, he, what, what if he was defensive? What if you are defensive? What if you don't want to get wounded, and so you're defensive in relationships? OK. It's not wisdom. Wisdom is weakness. Number three, wisdom is power, not words. We think of wisdom as words, don't we? Wisdom is good advice. The gospel is not good advice. It's good news. Good advice might help me. When my sister Esther ran into problems at Long Beach State, she came to me and I gave her good advice. My mom didn't give her any advice. She cried with her, though. She didn't take my advice, but she sure felt close to my mother. Wisdom is not words, it's power, that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Is he coming out of his hole? We go after him, and he's got three holes over there. See that thing, that board that's sticking out there? Yeah, there's an animal. Watch him go. Now he's going into another one of his holes. Come here. <laughs> what is it? like a I called, I called the city to see if I could shoot him, and they said, you can't shoot him, but you can kill him. So if I can get him, if anybody want to help me, if you grab a two by four sometime, if you see him out, because he's not my best friend. Groundhog. Yeah. So wisdom is power. And so what we need to help our friend who's struggling with the demonic or struggling with depression is power. And so when we pray for people, let's keep that in mind. We're praying as we give them wisdom. God, show your power. Show your power to them. Number four, wisdom is revelation. Say it. Wisdom is revelation. So Carlton kids used to go to a mentally challenged lady with the brain power of an eight-year-old why did they go to her what do you think no her. she had wisdom god gave her wisdom she had the gift of wisdom and so they went to her that's foolishness and paul said The foolishness of man is wiser than man's wisdom, and the the weakness of men is stronger than men's strength. So when I'm in Norway, Solveig is a uh, special ed girl who saw angels and Jesus on a regular basis. And so she was driving with some YWAM, kids and they lost their way this is a true story they lost their way and they said solvag you think you can help us and she said yes <laughs> okay all right go down go down here another block okay now turn right okay turn this turn this way It's down at the end of that block. They went there, and that's what they needed. I said, how did you do that? She said, I saw angels, and they were on tops of the building, and they were directing me. That's foolishness, right? That's the foolishness of God. That's wiser than man's wisdom. So I drove up with her, and her dad, her dad's a pastor in Bergen, Norway, and I rode up with her. And when we got there, she said, this is going to be a good weekend. Jesus is there. I said, How, do you see Jesus with your physical eyes or with your spiritual eyes? And she said, kind of both. I said, would you pray for me that I could see, it? at least angels? She did pray for me. I haven't, don't think I have yet. But God's given her, revealed himself to her. What does Jesus say? Father, I thank you, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hid these things from the wise and learned. Okay, I've had four years of graduate school, beyond college. Maybe I'm learned, maybe. What could it get me in God's kingdom? It may, if I'm not careful, it doesn't have to, but it may get me shut out, that you hid these things. If I think I'm wise and learned, then I don't ask, and I don't get learned. But if I know I'm a child, children raise their hands. Adults don't, because you don't want to reveal your stupidity. You want some other idiot to, to raise his hand <laughs> so that you don't have to pretend like you, you you know everything. When we get to be adults, we think like adults, but we're babes. We're little children before our father who reveals himself to Solvang and to a lady with an eight-year-old brain power who's got wisdom. You know the name Steve Hawking? Stephen Hawking? You might not believe this, but he has a higher IQ than I do. <laughs> he does. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. What does it get him? I'll tell you what it gets him. Psalm 14 tells me what it gets him. Chapter 14, verse 1 says, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. A fool in the Bible is not just somebody who's stupid. It's somebody who's apostate. Somebody who is damned. Unless God breaks through. I'm not mocking him. I don't know him. I think he might be a really kind person. But he's relying on reason. Reason doesn't match Revelation. Number, okay, what do we got? What was the first one? Wisdom is the cross. Wisdom is, pardon? Weakness. Wisdom is, no, weakness is vulnerable. It's power, power. Weakness, uh, and it's revelation. And finally, Weakness, or uh, wisdom, comes by the spirit. So he says in the second chapter, it's such a wonderful chapter about wisdom. It is written, No eye has seen, no ear heard, nor has the mind conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by the spirit. So the spirit produces in us the fruit of, of wisdom and the spirit gives to some people the gift wisdom is a gift and it's a fruit faith is a fruit and faith is a gift those two are both gifts and fruit so some of you may have the gift of wisdom anybody feel like god uh, believe that god's given you wisdom as a gift Okay, you. Anybody else? You, you feel like you have? You know, it's not pride to to, to say that. But it helps us, you know. You feel like you have it? I would attest to that from from seeing what I saw in a couple of situations. I would I would I would see that. That's and others of you, if you want to let me know, I don't. I would uh, I would like to know. So. If any man lack wisdom, let him study. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask smart people. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask. Sorry, it's kind of complicated. So here is Solomon, and he is about ready to take charge Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? That's a humble statement. In other words, I'm not able. Then the Lord was pleased that Solomon asked for this. That's a wonderful verse. The Lord was pleased. He was happy. Way to go, Solomon. So he gave him wisdom like no one ever had, and he gave him what he didn't ask for. Daniel perhaps is one of the wisest men who has ever lived, and he urged his friends to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that his friends and he might not be executed with the rest of the wise men. What did he ask for? I'll tell you. He didn't just ask for the interpretation of the dream. He asked for the dream. Because Nebuchadnezzar knew that these wise men were tricking him. And he said, you're always tricking me. You're not going to trick me this time. I'm not going to give you the dream. you got to tell me what I dreamt. Well, that's impossible. Not if you ask. So he asked. And then the Lord revealed it. And Daniel goes off in this glorious praise. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in the darkness. And light dwells with him. I thank you, God. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You've made known to us the dream of the king. That's powerful. That's powerful. So let's let's pray now. How are we doing here? Okay.
1: Can I give one example? Oh, and we were in Saint Louis. We had a Bible study of seminarians. And at that time I had just been baptized with the Spirit and I had this whole like you know, this honeymoon thing of and God in the Bible and all this revelation and all this download and so excited. And I remember a fourth year student seminary and saying to me, I said, you know, it's so exciting if we were on an island, just God and our Bible, you know, all that God would show us. And he said, No, you would be better off if you had another person and this book to help you understand. And I kept saying, Well, no, if I were just me and God and We really had quite an argument over it. And I remember thinking, how sad. I can't believe that God's wisdom would be limited to meeting another man to receive it. And I, you know, it was a real, I don't know if you remember, Joel, but I mean, it was a real divisive. I'm sure I was pretty strong (laughs) in what I had to say, too. But just the sadness of feeling like, really? You're going to feel like we still need the wisdom of other men before we're going to believe that God would. Revelation and wisdom, right to us, if we had nobody else there, of course. Mm. We'd see, you know, just things
0: said. <laughs> John was alone. He got some pretty good exactly. wisdom. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's believe in these days that God will speak to us. God will give us wisdom, yeah. and He'll give us power. We need power. Wisdom is power. I'm not powerful. God is. So. Uh, Let's just wait. If anybody wants to pray, you're welcome to. I'm gonna, at one point. I want to pray over you, and then we're going to uh, s- close the service and have a little uh, do a little survey. But I, I want us to take a few moments here just to pray. And uh, you feel free if you have a.